Well, good morning. Happy Sunday. I'm a little emotional this morning. Um, this is something of a going away mass for me here at Lord's. I've been uh, reassigned to the cathedral, uh, an assignment that I know will be beautiful, but um, it's going to be hard to leave this community. I'm very happy that um, I get to see faces this weekend. Um, we we're at least in a limited capacity back in the church, and when I say goodbye, I'm happy to say goodbye to uh, parishioners, flesh and blood. Um, I'm going to miss this parish um, for a lot of reasons, a lot of good memories here. I'm going to miss this parish in part because, I think in large part because I've learned here to encounter the, the truth, the beauty, and the goodness of God. This community has taught me uh, to seek Jesus, the truth. Uh, this is a, an impressively studious group. Um, there's all kinds of small communities in this parish who are studying the scriptures, uh, studying books, observing the world, and seeking God in the beauty of all things. This is a place where we pray with an incredible beauty. I want to thank the musicians, uh, leaders in this parish who help us in prayer. Every week, it's a beautiful experience, and when I'm away, I really miss it. You know, praying with this community that sings really loud, maybe a little off pitch, but loud, <laughs> who really pray you know, with reverence, with love of God. It's a beautiful place to pray. And people here have taught me to seek goodness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Um, so many folks who regular confession, so many folks who come and adore the Blessed Sacrament, asking the Lord to give us goodness. Um, so many people who care for each other and, um, and care for the world. I'm inspired by the zeal of this community. This is a parish that values evangelization, going out and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's fired up my own zeal as a priest, now 10 years. Uh, you may not know this, but um, priests need a recharge sometimes. And um, your zeal has really inspired, um, inspired my heart, set me aflame again. And I'm going to bring that to the cathedral. So I'll miss you. Um, I love you. I've come to love you, and um, I know that that's a strong thing to say, but as I, I can say it to family, and we've become a family. So come and visit at the cathedral, uh, all of you here, and then all of you on this weird digital thing. Um, don't forget me in your prayers. Um, forgive me for any mistakes that I've made, and thank you. God bless you. We're, we'll always be united. Thank you, Father Brian for your friendship, for your leadership of this parish. Um, I think you're an amazing pastor, and you've inspired and taught me um, a lot of things. Um, as a gift to you, I'll avoid uh, talking at length about your bald spot or the, or the Rogaine that seems to be failing. I, um, Another gift I thought I, I could give, um, one thing that you, you may or may not know, is that um, Father Brian has a beautiful collection of um, Easter bunnies, like the figurines. Um, he, loves, 
he, lo- he loves ceramic Easter bunnies. So if you, uh, some of them are good. I, I was a little creeped out at first, but then I, I came to like at least a couple of them. Um, if you really want to honor him and thank him, especially if you're uh, viewing this mass from Formed and joining us, um, then please send those rabbits to Father Brian at 2200 South Logan Street, Denver. It's 2200 South Logan Street. Rabbits. You're welcome. Uh, God has given us an incredible gift that we celebrate today. It's Corpus Christi Sunday. We celebrate that as Catholics, we have the incredible privilege of receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. That although it's beyond our understanding that God has become a human being and offered himself to us, that every Sunday, every time we come to Mass, we can eat the, the very body and drink the very blood of Jesus. That we can be filled with life through the living bread. It's an amazing thing. I watched the RCIA group uh, ponder this mystery, approach this mystery, develop an appreciation for this beauty, and then long to receive Jesus. And I'm always inspired by that, watching them, re- being reminded of how amazing this mystery is. And then seeing them receive the Blessed Sacrament for the first time and the power of the body and blood of Jesus. It's amazing. The Mass calls it the great mystery of faith. There's a lot of mysteries that we believe in. We believe in the visible and invisible. But this is the great mystery, the mystery of faith, that Jesus is truly present in body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Blessed Sacrament, in the Eucharist, as a gift for us. This is a great mystery, and when I think of mystery, it's something like a combination of, what? How does this make any sense? I cannot understand this thing. It is way beyond me. And then there's, wow, this is amazing. This is the most beautiful thing that I've ever encountered. And it moves us, it moves our hearts. I think it's something like when you see from a place that is entirely dark at night, you might be out in the countryside, far from the city lights, you see the the night sky. You see all those stars. And it's a different experience than when you can see one or two from from at least where I live. That incredible sky filled with stars. And you realize that there are 100 billion stars in this little galaxy and 100 billion galaxies that we know of. We are so small and we've been given the gift of life. It's amazing. We're a part of something. You feel connected. You feel a part of something that's so big and so beautiful that we feel a warmth. You know? When I saw the aurora borealis for the first time those northern lights i was way out in the countryside at the border of um, canada and the united states and it moved me my heart was filled with warmth and i got the goosebumps you know the goosebumps um, it was it was an incredible feeling 
of wonder, of, I, of mystery. I can't understand this. It's beyond me, but it's so beautiful that I, I am a part of this reality. The mystery of faith. Jesus gives us his own body and blood, soul, and divinity. It really is the flesh and blood of Jesus. This isn't a symbol. This isn't a sign. On the altar, what we, what we receive is a reality. You know? And it's something that we as Catholics have a particular privilege to receive. You know, there's a lot of Christians out there. Half of the Christians in the world are not Catholics. And I invite all of you who are not to discover the truth of Jesus in the Eucharist. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's moving from the beauty of the night sky in the city to the amazing experience of the overwhelming beauty of the greatest mystery um, that's present to us in the world. The most beautiful thing. An encounter with God that you might... uh, that you can never understand or imagine. Jesus gives us his body and blood. He says that I am the living bread that came down from heaven, that there's life in this body and blood. I was asking myself, what is the deal? I, I think I can understand the body part. The, the Old Testament scriptures speak of this this flesh that came down from heaven to feed Israel, the Israelites in the desert. When they're tried, when, they're, when their trust is tried, God provides for them and they realize that God will always provide for them. He gives them food from heaven. Well, this, uh, this bread is um, something that we're reminded of if we think of the temple where there's showbread that's put out every morning and that is constantly present, reminding the people that God is trustworthy, that he will give us his daily bread. Jesus says, I am the bread that gives life to the world. My body is true bread and my blood is true drink. And I think I understand the the bread part, but it's the blood, to drink blood, that was a scandal to the Israelites of his time, of the, of the Jews of Jesus' time. And I think should kind of provoke us at all times. Outside of the Catholic Church, there has always been voices that say, why do you think you should drink the blood of your God-man? It is strange, drinking blood. It was a scandal to the Jews. They were commanded not to drink blood. It was very unusual in the ancient world. People, the, the religious cults outside of uh, Judaism, outside of Christianity, used blood in rituals, but they never drank it. In the Old Testament, we hear of blood rituals, of the covenant ritual that's marked in blood, sprinkled on the altar and sprinkled on the people. We hear of the blood of the lamb that is smeared across the top of the the lintels of the doorways so that the angel of death would pass by at the time of the plagues and Passover. These are all images uh, that would foreshadow the blood of Jesus in the new covenant. But we don't hear about drinking blood. This is a novelty in Christianity. 
And they don't even explain it. I don't, that kind of bothers me. You have St. Paul who says in the, in the reading today, he says, is not, our, is not our drinking the blood of Jesus? Is not this cup a share in a participation in the blood of Christ? This Greek word, that's a real gift, um, for participation. Is not this cup a participation in the blood of Christ? It's koinonia. It means a share in the very family of the person that you're referring to. Participation is kind of inadequate, but koinonia means that what, what, is, what, what happens with the blood is that when we, when we ingest the blood, when we share the blood, when we drink the blood, we get a blood transfusion. That our blood is mingled with the blood of God, with the blood of Jesus. It unites us, and then it has these incredible characteristics that unfold if you look at the New Testament and you study the, the blood. Blood in Greek is haima, haimatos. This guy is good. Uh, you should teach the classes that I'm supposed to teach. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where we get the word hematology, right? Study of blood. St. Paul is a hematologist, spiritual hematologist. Uh, the book of Revelation, John the seer is a, is a spiritual hematologist. And so we're going to look at them and find out what, what this means, that we have the blood of Jesus inside of us, running through our veins. Jesus says that the blood is life, that the blood is eternal life. That when we have this blood transfusion, when we have the blood of Jesus running through us, we cannot die. We will not die. It's assurance that we have eternal life and that there's a fullness of life that awaits us at every turn. You have that blood in you. I have that blood in me. It's an identity that reminds us constantly that we are children of the Father, that we are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, and that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, blood bears that identity. You, I don't know if you watch these, these uh, what are they, like mystery shows? This NCIS, NCIA, NCI Denver, these kinds of things. The, they always find a drop of blood, and then they, that drop of blood can identify, uh, it, it's the key to unlock the identity of the one they're looking for. Just one drop of Jesus' blood mingled with our own changes our identity. We are children of God. And that's not something you can compromise. That's not something you can change. It's in you. It's in me. Our blood has been transformed by the blood of Christ. We will always be children of God. That, that blood bears identity and it bears life. The blood is a sign of the new covenant. Jesus says this. Take this drink of it. This is the covenant of my blood. The new and eternal covenant. Covenant means a promise. That if you have this blood in you, you have been promised by God that you will live forever. That you will 
always be a child of God. And we depend on that promise. And what comes from that promise is a victory over those that threaten us, that which threatens us, because we have an enemy. And this is what the book of Revelation reminds us. With the blood of Christ, the... Oh, I need my Bible for this one. That's my second gift to Father Brian. Uh, that I'm going to preach with the Bible. Go ahead and open your Bibles up to Revelation 12:11. Nobody did that. <laughs> so I guess I'll have to read it. So John is seeing heaven. He's gazing into heaven. And he says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them night and day before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, makes us conquerors over the one who threatens us. The accuser of our brothers, who from the, from the very beginning has been a liar. This devil who wants to lie to us and undermine our identity and our sense of life that has been saved. The devil likes to say, hey, you are not a child of God. Or you're an embarrassment to God. He wants us to feel guilty. He wants us to feel ashamed. He wants us to be afraid of God. What if I, if, I, if I do something wrong, if I make a mistake? The devil rushes in and says, look at you. You're not worthy to be of the family of God. There's something about us that's fallen and that knows that we have done wrong and that we owe something. You know? But we know that the blood of Christ has paid a ransom for our sins. That the debt has been paid. But the devil rushes in and he says, you owe blood. And you owe much more than what you think. The devil is a liar. He sneaks in and he says, you owe... He exaggerates the penalty. You know? Kid comes and he says, I stole a piece of gum from the store. And the devil comes along and he says, you owe... Three years of manual labor, kid. Now, don't steal gum from a store. But Jesus says, I have won victory over the accuser, and I will protect you from the accuser. And no one, no one can tell you that you owe more than you do. That your sin compromises your relationship with God. That you cannot be saved the blood of the Lamb has cast out the accuser, has won victory over the accuser. And it gives us protection, it protects our identity, it protects our life. At the end of the day, the scriptures teach us that the blood of the Lamb runs through our veins, that we share in the blood of Jesus, that we are part of his family, that we have been given eternal life, that we'll live after we die. And that we can live with the fullness of life now. The scriptures teach us that the blood of Christ conquers all that threatens us. And so my hope for you, my gift today, the good news that I give to you, 
that I announce to you is that because you have the blood of Jesus running through your veins, you will always be children of God. You are assured of the promise that God gave you of your salvation, and nothing can take that away. And that the accuser cannot threaten you. If you feel threatened, if you feel afraid, there's a lot of circumstances in the world right now that are chaotic and can make us afraid. Remember that you are filled with the life of God. If you are afraid in your spiritual life, if things have gone dry, if you feel far from God because you've been deprived of the sacraments by this pandemic, take heart. We have nothing to fear. God is faithful, and he brings us back at every turn. God loves us dearly, so dearly, that he has given us his own body and blood.